right, this is the Big Z Podcast. It's September 4th, which means tomorrow, September 5th, the NFL is officially back. There's no more waiting. And, of course, when we're talking about the NFL, we got Barney on the line to discuss. Barney, how's it going? Oh, my God. I'm uh, I'm giddy with excitement. Yeah, baby. Packers opening us up for the 100th anniversary. I mean, can't, can't really draw it up better than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially for people here in Chicago, they obviously love their football. It annoys me to know when being a Lions fan <laughs> um, <laughs> that they get to host this event. Uh, but they got a lot of stuff going on here. They have a big Mike Dicka bobblehead uh, in Millennium Park, I believe, or Grant Park. And out, they're going to put it outside the stadium tomorrow. They unveiled the Walter Payton statue, George Tallis statue. Apparently, there's a Meek Mill and Megan Trainer concert going on at Grant Park tomorrow. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a bunch of stuff going on. What Do you have, do you have like a, a ritual for the beginning of the NFL season? That- uh, you know, it's a little bit, little bit different uh, nowadays just from my move into the city. Yeah, you're, but, you're, a, city, uh, you're a city guy now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to make things a little easier on me. I'm, uh, I'm, sure, I'm going to be meeting up with a bunch of my buddies. Uh, in the uh, in the parking lot doing a doing a good tailgate. I think that they try to they try to work a little early. Um, and uh, you know, right from there, I'll either I'll either try to get some tickets and go on in, um, or just kind of head to a bar. Head now that I have the option to just head home and you know, kind of have a nice uh, nice viewing party at my house. So you know, it'll, uh, it, it, the the opportunities are are. Uh, are more expansive than before. So. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and when the NFL starts, it's always bittersweet, right? Because it's the end of the summer. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, football's back, and it's the, it's the greatest sport on earth. It, yeah, and, and, you know, uh, we're lucky here in Chicago to have all four all four seasons, but uh, give, me, give me the fall, you know, <laughs> 10 times out of 10 times. I, I'm a big fall guy, so couldn't be happier. Oh, for sure. Well, on the podcast today, we are going to be breaking down each division, kind of giving each of our thoughts. Uh, we have a lot of odds to throw at you, um, kind of which ones we would like to take and things of that nature. We're going to break it down division by division, kind of give our predictions, a Super Bowl matchup, MVP, Coach of the Year, all that good stuff. So are you ready, Barney? Absolutely. All right. All right, baby. So I want to get started here with the AFC North. So the AFC North, the odds to win the division, the the Cleveland Browns at plus 140, the Steelers plus 150, the Ravens plus 350, and the, and the sad state of the Cincinnati Bengals, 20 to 1 odds. Oh, man. But this is actually a really fun division besides the Bengals. I mean, everybody is talking about the Cleveland Browns this offseason, especially after the uh, Baker Mayfield GQ article. <laughs> uh, no doubt. I, uh, I mean, I'm a huge. I, I, I love the Browns. Uh, just they're they were always a fun team for me to just root for uh, outside the Bears, uh, just because I knew that them winning uh, was almost like you know the, the city of Cleveland just winning the Super Bowl just on every other Sunday uh, because they just didn't come by their wins too often, and that's no knock to them. I'm a huge, huge fan of those guys, uh, personally. Um, but although I think they're the most talent, talented team, 
Uh, I think they got a really solid defense. I like Miles Garrett. I think he might have a contention for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and then Denzel Ward, he's a good player. Um, and obviously their offense speaks for itself. I think it might have to be the most dynamic offense uh, outside of Kansas City. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm holding off on the hype this year. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Steelers. Uh, I think... I think the Steelers, uh, just with their pedigree, I think they're going to come out with it. So if I'm betting, I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I I, I am also a big fan of the Steelers as well this season. Um, they I, I might be foreshadowing a little bit early here, but I think they're going to go pretty deep uh, in the playoffs this year. I, I, I do love the Browns. They're such an easy team to root for, you know, because they've had so much uh, struggle in the past. That they really are an easy team to root for. Absolutely. I think we're all at this point rooting for that jersey, you know, that quarterback jersey that's kind of become infamous where they keep adding names to it. Yes, Uh, yes, yes. I I really hope. uh, That's kind of how the Bears are, right? (laughs) <laughs> Come on, don't don't bring us into that. <laughs> I uh, I do hope and I, and I do think uh, with Baker's competitiveness that he's exactly what the what the, what the Cleveland uh, fan base needs, and I think he's going to bring them out of the out of the the depths, and uh, you know they're going to have a bright future. But this year, I'm taking the Steelers. So the the Browns over under right now um, is nine, and the Steelers are nine and a half wins, which is interesting because Steelers have the second best odds in the division. But so I I think you might be getting good value with um, getting the Steelers in that division at plus one fifty. Yeah, I, I uh, you know a lot uh, wins are hard to come by in this league, and that's a pretty you know the Ravens have a really good defense. Um, you know as far as I really don't know what their offense is going to be like. You know, I, I, like in at Louisville, you know, Lamar didn't have a hard time throwing the ball. He did really well there. Um, yeah. But but, uh, you know, what scares me is I don't know if it's going to be like a Kaepernick situation where you know he uh, he had a lot of success you know early on. Oh, that's a good. Then, I like that comparison. And then like a year or two down the line, um, you know, they just kind of figured out how to limit him and not let him kind of, uh, you know, have his way with defenses. Because that year when he went to the NFC championship, I mean, he uh, he didn't really, you know, he, he, was, he was killing it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to stack the box, and I think they kind of went after the wrong running back, in my personal opinion, uh, with Mark Ingram. Um, I'm more excited about Hill that's going to be coming off his – this year is his rookie year. Uh, but, you know, like the reason I say that is because uh, statistically, um, when there is eight men in the box and uh, and um, Ingram is, is taking the, the handoff, he's only averaging like one point, like three yards per carry. And, you know, that's just not going to do it if that's what the teams decide to do and stack the box versus Lamar. So, uh but regardless, they have really good defense. Uh, I think this division is really tough uh, outside the Bengals. I think the Bengals have a legitimate shot at going home in 16. I think, I think that might be a little extreme, uh, the Bengals <laughs> going on 16. Dude, but I, I want to get to the Ravens really quick. I think they're definitely a, a candidate for dark horse, especially if Earl Thomas makes the impact uh, that they are hoping for on that defense. Sure. 
But the one the difference, I do like the comparison with Kaepernick and Lamar Jackson in terms of their running. The only difference is that the Ravens are going like full out 100% into their run game. They're going to run the ball 40 times a game, which the, right. the 49ers did not do. And I, I, I'm really excited to see that type of football. I think, I think we're seeing it from the Seahawks uh, and the Ravens. So one team in each uh, conference just going full out, full blown into a complete rush game. And the Ravens also have Mark Ingram. And they still have a talented defense as well. I, I know they lost uh, Mosley, but I, I think the addition of Earl Thomas could be a difference maker for them, especially if he's back at full health. Agreed. I think their defense is uh, above average. I, I mean, and that's why I'm saying with the Browns and the Steelers, coming by wins is, isn't going to be easy in this division. No, and, and the Ravens over-under is eight and a half. They're all right there. They're all a game of game or solo part. Yeah, and that I mean that's why we see the odds so close. I think the Bengals are at uh, five and a half, I believe. I I would hammer that under like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, them and uh, maybe another AOC team. So uh, so your your prediction for this uh, division is for the Steelers to come out on top, right? Yep. Yes, sir. And do you think that the Browns make the playoffs? I would love that. Uh, I think that the uh, with the injuries to the Chargers uh, and then the uncertainty with Denver, uh, I think that I think the uh, especially with Luck retiring, you know the Brown the Browns have an open spot to the wild card. Uh, it's theirs. It's theirs to lose for me. That's uh, I think they can claim one or t- one of the two spots. Yeah, Andrew Luck retiring definitely makes a huge impact on this entire conference, for sure. Uh, the the Colts' odds dropped, like, insanely. I think they went from, like, 20 to 1 or even less than that to uh, suddenly being 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I, want, I want to say a couple of weeks before the, you know, before the season's about to start, a couple of weeks ago, it was the Colts were getting talk like they were, like, the number two, number three team in the, in the country, you know? So. Yep. It's uh, it's definitely hurting them. I think they'll still be good. It's just the South. That's just going to be. I don't even know how to grade the South. To be honest, the Jack, Jack the Jacksonville Jaguars improved their defense with Josh Allen coming on in. Uh, you know, they didn't really get that from the guy that they drafted out of Florida uh, last or you know the previous draft, um, but. You know, like the Texans, the the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Titans. That's I don't want to say that's like uh, the strongest division, but that's definitely I would say one of the more yeah competitive divisions. No, definitely competitive. Look at the odds on this. So the Jaguars and Texans are both plus uh, two hundred. The Colts are plus three hundred, and the Tennessee Titans are plus three eighty. So I Jeez. mean, th- th- it is wide open in terms of the Vegas odds on this one. The question yeah. is, I mean, the Texans making just these truly bizarre trades. Uh, executives all over the league are highly confused, and I, I mean, I am as well. The fact that they got a third rounder for Jadavion Clowney after trading a third rounder for Duke Johnson, <laughs> um, and they're paying part of Clowney's contract. I know they got Burkevious Mingo and another safety, but I mean, they're they're pretty much role players. 
Right. And it, it is truly bizarre. I know Seattle's getting a one-year rental, it seems, uh, on Clowney, unless they can come to some sort of agreement. Right. Uh, but I, but still, I, I I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised that that's all they could get. And then they turn around and trade two first rounders, a second rounder, for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. I mean, what what is going on here? So now they don't have a first or a third rounder next year. They're still paying Clowney's salary, half of it, albeit. Uh, it's just very bizarre. This is what the the Texans currently do not have a GM. By the way, the coach Bill O'Brien is technically well, the GM, sense. but it's really a GM by committee in the front office there. And the way they're making their trades, um, it's pretty obvious. Nobody knows what they're doing except they they know what player they want but they don't know how to acquire them at a reasonable cost no no that's that's just bad business and i think what <laughs> a lot of fans don't realize is uh yeah you know coaching obviously is very big uh the talent on the field is a very big contributing you know contributing factor to uh how well they do on the field but uh you know, it's this is a business, you know, and when you got guys mm-hmm. that are, you know, I, I, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, obviously they don't have hold the leverage with with Clowney because they don't want to pay him, right? And I get that they can only get a third round pick for that, but to spin around and and I don't even mind the Duke Johnson, like the fact that that was comparable because they're also desperate because of you know the situation at hand with their backfield, but. To, to turn it around and just give up, you know, a King's ransom for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. Like, I mean, yeah, they're good players. I really don't know. I, I haven't seen anything personally from Laramie that makes him, you know, uh, worth all that much. Uh, I know he's talented. I know he was really good coming to Ole Miss. And uh, you can't really judge him completely with the Miami offense, but you know, just, I mean, that's, that's, that trade's really going to set them back. I think, you know, just, it, it, it'd be a shame if, I don't want to say Watson gets hurt. They're clearly trying to protect him here because he is a little fragile. He's, he's such a competitor, but mm-hmm. I, it, to me, it was just, I, I, <laughs> so I just want to point out something to you really quick, Barney. Uh, the right now, this is Miami's, uh, Draft capital for 2020. Two first-rounders, one from Miami, one from the Texans. Two second-rounders, one one of theirs, and then one of New Orleans. Two third-rounders, a comp pick in their own. A fourth, two fifths, two sixths, and two sevenths. <laughs> Gotta love it. Unbelievable. I mean, they've really... I mean, they have a terrible roster. Before they made this trade, um, it was already projected that they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. And now they, they have a first year head coach there. Hopefully they give him a you know a long leash, knowing this this is the route that they're going. <laughs> but th- I want I wonder if they really like Tua uh, from Alabama. But I mean we'll see. But we we don't need to focus on the draft right now necessarily. Uh, I just wanted to point out all the draft capital that they have. So who do you like in this division, Barney? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Texans, uh, and that's completely contingent on on uh, Deshaun Watson staying healthy. Uh, I I think it's neck and neck between them and Jacksonville. You know, you got uh, Big D uh, Nick coming down. 
Um, and that defense, I, I really like that defense. I think it's going to have a very, very strong year, especially with, you know, Josh Allen, Allen coming in the mix. Uh, but Yeah, how about that? That, that D-line me, just keeps getting better. Give me the Texans, though. Oh, the Texans, okay. Um, what about you? Yeah, is that just because – is that basically because of the quarterback and that they have the best quarterback in the division now? You know, he just he just proved so much to me when he was at Clemson. You know, it, 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 he just he, – I kind of give him the Baker uh, mentality, except I think he takes it a notch further. He just he just is a competitor and he finds ways to win. And a lot of times it comes down to just a few guys that are willing to take it a little bit further than others. And, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I think, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is just a, a great – you know, uh, candidate to take the victory. So my pick for this division is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really like the way this roster is constructed. I'm not hundred percent positive about their offensive philosophy of just pounding the rock with Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette, uh, he, he's really, uh, got to come off the schnei in terms of people, um, viewing him as a bust and trying to get that new contract. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, I want to get to it when we get to this NFC. So, you know, let's talk about it now. Ezekiel Elliott, what do you think about that contract? Oh, man, that's... Uh, $90 million over six years, much. 50 guaranteed. I don't think there's any chance whatsoever he gets that on the open market. I don't know what the Cowboys are doing. I and just, I, I can imagine executives like the Jaguars who might want to keep a letter for nut are furious. I mean, look at the Chargers. <laughs> Melvin Gordon's going to want a good amount now. He's going to think he's underpaid. He was asking for 13. He might think that's too small. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't really get, like, unless the the salary caps rise, actually, I don't know what these guys are thinking. You know, I mean, I'm all for being highest paid guy if you earn it and stuff like that. Melvin Gordon's a different story. I really don't think he's uh, all that important to that offense, although he is very good. That's he's, But the offense isn't, you know, uh, centered around him or built around him like it is for Zeke. Uh, but, you know, just ha- I don't know how you can take all this kind of money and think that for the next six years, you're 100% always going to be competitive. You know, like there's there's going to be a lot, Crazy. Of good, a lot of good players that come come through this system that are already there, you know, like Van Der Esch and whatnot and Guys that are going to need contracts and they're yep. not going to be able to. Well, I they, mean, I, they haven't even I, paid uh, Prescott or Amari Cooper, who both want new contracts. Yeah, I think Prescott's. Uh, I think that move just about guaranteed Prescott's going to get franchise tagged. Um, that's that's at least my take on that. Um, and you know that wouldn't be awful because that would be underneath how much. They already offered him. I think uh, it would be around like twenty-seven, twenty-eight million uh, mm-hmm. per year for him, and they already offered him thirty, which he declined, which I think is an asinine move because personally, I just don't even think he's even a top ten quarterback. Uh, and he, no, I agree. He, he's just, I don't know, but he's I, remarkably I think, like mediocre with a little more, maybe above average mobility, uh, but mediocre throwing the ball. Yeah, he's got he's got good ball control. You know, he's he's like a better Kyle Orton. You know, I always resorted back to the Bears. It's like I know what it is like to have a good team, but just a 
not a, not a, you know, a blessed quarterback. <laughs> and I think that's what Dak is. He's just a guy that's, that's, you know, the best thing he can do is just maintain the football uh, and, and, and allow every drive to either end with a kick or, you know, with some points on the board. Well, I, I, but, I hope Dak Prescott's listening to this podcast so he could be honored <laughs> that he was compared to Kyle Orton. Hey man, Kyle Orton. Don't don't just Kyle Orton. He's the man. Uh, I mean, Bear, Bears fans definitely have a sweet spot in their heart for Kyle Orton for <laughs> you know Dude, some reason. I don't know if it's the beard or the mustache or. My my biggest respect for him was when he uh, <laughs> when he retired from the Bills. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah, didn't he just walk out? Yeah, he, he just walked out and never <laughs> never like it was just like the final game. That's the second. Finished. That's the second Bills player I know that did that. Because was it last year after like the first three games, uh, they had like. Oh yeah. Was it Vontae Davis? Did Von? I think, I think you're right. At about halftime, that. he just walked out and retired. Yeah, he, he was just like yeah, nobody wants to play for this. Buffalo. That's what that tells me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm yeah. So at. Two to one odds. I like Jacksonville. I I really like them to win this division because I think that Texans offensive line is still bad and the Colts are just not good enough. Even though they they do have the offensive line to compete with the Jaguars, unlike the Texans and Titans. Yeah, it's funny we didn't even mention the Titans. The fact that they uh, uh, Mariota, their first round draft pick, is in a battle with Ryan Tannehill, and I think that's just a hilarious quarterback battle going on. Two very subpar quarterbacks with a ton of potential in the past, trying to go at ton, it and stay relevant in the league. <laughs> well, Mariota, at least. I don't know what people uh, thought the potential of Tannehill was exactly, besides the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, you know, come out, of, he, he went out of A&M, right? Yes. Exa- yep. Yeah. I, 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 I remember him being a dog there. It's just, uh, <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just never really, for me, I, you, it, it, a lot of it really depends on where you're drafted. You know, it's like you're, there are so many good quarterbacks that were put into systems um, like Jacksonville and, and other places that I just feel like careers just went to die because they lost their luster, their yep. their competitiveness <laughs> after their four years and, you know, like whatever. But, but yeah, this is a, this is a division that'll be, you know, that everyone's got strengths that really – uh, correspond with all their other teams. You know, like oh, the Texans. Yeah. The Texans, they have an awful O line, but the Jacksonville Jaguars got one of the meanest defenses. It's like I can totally see Jacksonville taking both of those games. You know, so yeah, it's going to be a tight race. I, I think uh, you're not you're not mistaken by taking Jacksonville. Yeah. So I I, I want to move on to a different division with a clear cut favorite. I mean, their odds are at minus four seventy five. So you had to bet $475 to win $100. Uh, kind of ridiculous odds. I'm talking about the Patriots, of course, who just continuously run away with this uh, terrible division every year. We mentioned on the last podcast how they have gotten extremely lucky by being constantly in the worst division in football. Um, then there's the Jets at plus 525, the Bills at plus 750, and the Miami Dolphins at 50 to 1 odds to win their division. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't think I've ever seen odds like that before. No, not at all. That's, that's insane. Complete disrespect to the whole division, which, you know, I, I, I completely warrant, you know, 
Um, even if Tom Brady were to go down, uh, who's their guy after that? Is it the guy out of uh, Okie State, Mason Rudolph? Is that the is that the for the Patriots? Yeah. No, it's Jared Stidham out of Auburn. Stidham, Stidham, you're absolutely right. Well, I mean, it's just like even if Tom Brady were to go down, dude. I mean. I, like you still got to give it to the to Belichick, you know. <laughs> like it, it doesn't even matter. I like I would I would I would I almost thought about throwing a teaser out there and throwing it to the Jets just in case something like that were to happen. Just give them a put a twenty five dollar bet on there. But it, I mean, you're just throwing that. You're just lighting it on fire if, if that's what you're doing. <laughs> um, I mean the Patriots defense. This might actually be one of their better defenses. They've. Uh had in a while because they rely so much on their secondary and their secondary um, might be the best they've had led by Stefan Gilmore, a cornerback. They fully invested in it. Uh, they are hurt by having Patrick Chun, Chung um, out for, you know. Cocaine? Yes. <laughs> snorting some of that cocaine. Uh, the the over-under on the Patriots, by the way, if you bet the over, the line that Vegas has right now is 11 um, but it's minus one fifty, so you're not getting great odds. If you go under, it's plus one thirty, so eh, not great odds. If you get an eleven and a half somewhere at lower odds, it's probably a good bet. Considering they have pretty much, I could see them splitting with the Jets, but they're going to beat the Bills. They're going to beat the Dolphins. Uh, that that's like a free five wins. I feel right off the bat there. Yeah, I, you're being nice. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give them six no matter what. Oh yeah, I I, I kind of like this Jets team a little bit. I think they have uh, uh, some potential. I really think Sam Darnold's going to step up in the second year too. Nice. I I think he looked pretty good last year, and uh, at at times he made some really stupid decisions. Obviously, sure. Um, <laughs> the only people to throw more interceptions than him in in their first year in the league were Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. So. Ooh. So, uh, wow. uh, are you are you are you are you hinting at something here? <laughs> I'm just saying that's good company to be in. Good company to be in, man. No, I I agree. The more the more picks you throw in the the first year in the league, uh, the better you'll be down the line. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be a strong. I think they're going to be a strong team. You know, just for most improved. Um, you know, this whole bottom of the division, uh, just taking New England out uh, completely. Just you know, you got the Jets, the Bills, the Finns. You guys. All got second-year quarterbacks. Um, this will be a you know who's going to step up, and nobody's looking for these guys to to win the division or even even get in the wild card. But you know, th- there's some significant. There's six. You know, like there's uh there's you know they're each going to have four games versus their direct draft competitors. You know, and so yep. they're going to see who's going to you know nut up or shut up, and and that'll be at least interesting for. At least some storyline for this division, you know. Yeah, and the Jets have seven and a half is their odds right now to make, uh, or as the over under, and that's even. Uh, either way, you bet it. So, Vegas really sees them as a five hundred esque type team, right? Um, but I, I, I would go over on the Jets at least in that regard. I, I, I think they can make. I, I have them going nine and seven. That's that's my prediction for the Jets this year. Oh, and then cool, Josh cool. Allen is always really fun because you never know what you're going to get on one play. He can throw the ball 75 yards through the air, or he can run backwards 20 yards. You really have no idea what's coming. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting that uh, the way the way those three teams square off. So, oh yeah, uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. The Jets, uh, the Bills are at least a you know 
I I'll throw him on the TV anytime I'm I'm on on a Sunday because I really think that defense is really good as well with Ed Oliver Alexander uh, on the def- that defense line is pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, they have a solid defensive line, and, and not to mention they have the Bills Mafia at their back. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, yes, that's nothing. Yes, yes. They're they're gonna beat you in the parking lot. You know, a lot of those you got to <laughs> think a lot of those players might not even get to the locker room with that with that luscious group. So, um, you know, they they might beat them before they even get to the locker room. <laughs> Um, so let, let's move on to the last division in the AFC. <laughs> and that is the AFC West, where, of course, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the clear-cut favorites. They're minus 180, so not nearly as big of favorites as the Patriots in their division. But everybody liking what they saw for the Chiefs last year. They fired the defensive coordinator. They have a new defensive coordinator. Uh, the Chargers are 2-1. to one, The Broncos, 13-1. to one, And the Raiders, 22-1. Um, do you see the Chiefs losing this division, or is do they have it pretty much sewn up before we even begin? Oh my God, dude! They they one hundred percent have it sewed up, and I I mean that because you know I got a lot of respect up for Philip Rivers and the Chargers. They they're getting a little banged up and whatnot, but you yeah. know if you look at the roster that KC's putting together, they if you got a domestic violence charge, you are one hundred percent welcomed on that team. Uh, yeah. It is. They got Frank Clark. They got you know Tyreek Hill. They got a they huge got break. Uh, McCoy. They got a huge break they, by uh, not having Tyreek Hill suspended at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean that changes the dynamic of their offense, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, not not having that guy. I mean, he's he's probably the hardest guy to cover in all of the NFL. You know, yeah, it's just he's too quick. He's too agile. So fast. So fast. Um, but I mean, that, they got Shady McCoy, which is going to be an interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think know, it's a big. I don't think it's as big of an impact as people are making it out to be. They're acting like he was, he'll be like the second running back in that team. I think he gets maybe three, uh, five touches a game. That's what I see. Interesting. I, th- I think he's going to play more of a role. I think he's, um, you know, because his competition's incredibly unproven. You got Williams, who's Damon Williams was great down the stretch last year for the Chiefs. He only has 50 carries, though. You know, it's so it's. I mean, yeah, he he did well, but I mean, he's not really somebody you can depend on with that kind of uh, pedigree. You know, it's just uh, he's only been out there for quite a you know just a little bit. So I think uh, I just Lashawn McCoy averaged 2.9 yards a carry last year. <laughs> that was with the Bills. <laughs> I yeah, I know the Bills didn't have a great offensive line or anything, but. You know these running backs when they hit uh, over thirty, McCoy's thirty-one. Uh, they they, yeah. they they lose a step and it's pretty noticeable. And I I I thought, yeah, I mean, someone asked me when's the last time uh, Lashawn McCoy looked good, and I I guess the that game when they were in the snow, uh, <laughs> which was like what two three years ago. I don't even know, but I mean, I haven't really seen a a good Lashawn McCoy in a while. No, and nobody I, has. what we what I saw Damian Williams last year was really good. I also have my fantasy team, so I paid extra attention to him. He would push the line forward. Uh, I really like Damian Williams a lot, and that's why I'm not high in the Lashawn McCoy stock. So if you still have your fantasy draft going on, uh, I would not put, I would not get Lashawn McCoy. <laughs> that's my See, opinion. And then of course, I, 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 I'm just gonna put my little Skip Bayless intake on here. Uh, Go for it. 
Dude, I think uh, I think Damian kind of got hurt from that from that signing only because I mean I, I'll agree with you. I think uh, Lashawn is not who he used to be uh, with Andy Reid from back in the day. But at the end of the day, he still has that make you miss type uh, shakiness to him. And um, when it comes down to that Chiefs offense. I mean, they got the tight end, right? They got the Gronk-type tight end who demands attention. Uh, you got Sammy Watkins. You got Tyreek Hill. All your running back needs is to be a guy who's going to catch the dump off, you know? And if if the defense is, is respecting the pass, like every defense will be if they're smart, um, you know, they're if you, if you give a nice little swing pass or – you know, screen to LaShawn, I, I I, mean, I just don't see people, yeah. you know, defenses containing him. So, um, you know, I don't it's think he's a bell, it's hard bell to cow guy. I, I totally think Williams will be the between the tackles type guy. But um, definitely third down situations, I think uh, that's that's when uh, LaShawn McCoy will make his, make his money. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so the Chiefs over under is ten and a half, uh, but that's at minus one fifty five if you hit the over. So you might find eleven a lot more places with more even odds. Uh, but the, the the more fun teams, I and I would not mind taking even like a five or a ten dollar flyer on the Denver Broncos. I think Vic Fangio is going to make that defense really good. They already have a lot of talent on there, but then with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb coming off the edge. Uh, combined with Vic Fangio's uh, play calling on defense, he's known as him and Belichick are like one and two. Uh, well, Belichick being one, Vic Fangio being two in terms of most respected defense coordinators in the league. And this is Fangio's shot. Uh, Bears fans saw last year what he can do for a defense and his play calling. Uh, I would not. I would not be shocked if the Broncos made a little run here in the division. I see them coming in second ahead of the Chargers. I think the Chargers have too many uh, injuries to start the season. They're going to go off to a really slow start. They're going to lose to my Lions uh, week two um, in Detroit. <laughs> um, in addition to that, I think Melvin Gordon uh, holding out is going to have an impact on this offense. I did not like what I saw out of Justin Jackson last year. Um, Ekelar is more of a receiving back than an every down back. I think I think they're really going to struggle, and the, and the Chargers are kind of Overplaying their hand on this one a little bit in terms of thinking that they can get by without Gordon. And, yeah. Uh, and then there are the Oakland Raiders who are just, I don't know, have you watched Hard Knocks at all, Barney? I, I try to stay away from that stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, it's actually one of the worst seasons of Hard Knocks I've watched. It's really boring because they just focus on the two guys. Everybody already, you know, do their personalities, John Gruden and Antonio Brown. Right. It's like, 70% about those two, which is fine, but I mean, <laughs> I, I like watching for the other players I don't know about. But anyways, the Raiders, complete mess. They have four quarterbacks on their roster. Peterman apparently yeah. going on the IR, but <laughs> I I don't understand what, what they're doing. They just like to throw money uh, this, uh, this offseason. They threw a boatload of money at Trent Brown, who was uh, a late-round draft pick that the this that's what the Patriots do, you know. They turn these late round draft picks, and then they get these third round comp picks because the the guys leave for a boatload of money and and end up not making it usually. Right. The Raiders, right. most entertaining team to watch, though possibly just because it could be a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> and 
It's it's a more fun dumpster fire than that, like said of the Dolphins, where we know they're trying to tank. The Raiders are trying to win, and I think it's going to be a spectacular disaster. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I think you're you're onto something with Vic Fangio. I think uh, you know, there's people like him, people like Bill Belichick uh, that win games before the coin flip even begins, uh, and and that's what he's able to do. You know, he's really shut down. LA, uh, when the Rams came to town last year, uh, I think he has, you know, maybe not as talented of a, of a full defense as he did with the bears. But when you, when you put those two edge rushers in, um, being, uh, Chubb and, uh, Von Miller, I, I mean, that guy's going to really know what to do, uh, and, and really going to be dialing up some game plans. So, uh, I, I like that. I don't have them going second, but you're really making me think about it. Um, it it I, it's just all dependent on uh, on the situation at hand with uh, Melvin Gordon. I I totally respect the one time that uh, the the Chargers don't want to pay somebody because they're just notoriously cheap, like yeah. like my bear, like my Bears usually were. Hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, I, t- I respect them, though. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I don't think, is a top-five running back. And, uh, you know, just the offense really isn't built around him. Now, I'm not saying he's not important. He's definitely, definitely a much better back than uh, than Justin Jackson and, and Eckler. But, um, you know, I kind of respect both sides of the argument. What's-his-name-wants-his-bag. And the uh, the Chargers want to make sure they're, they're – you know, yep. sustaining life after Rivers because who knows how many more years he has. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, this is another division where at least um, where at least KC is just definitely going to run yep. away with it. So who do, you, who do you, what is your AFC championship prediction and who wins that game? Uh, you know, I, I, I got a rematch going on, but this time Kansas City comes out with the victory. So Kansas right. City Patriots. Yeah, a lot of people have Kansas City and the Patriots, so the odds. Kansas City are the odds-on favor right now at plus 275. The Patriots, 3-1. to one. The Browns, third-best odds in the AFC. How about that? 6-1 uh, to one odds. Then the Chargers, 7-1. to one. Steelers, 8-1. to one. Baltimore, 14-1. to one. Houston, 15-1. to one. Uh, Then we don't need to go down the rest of the list. So th- there's two teams I think are worth taking a flyer on. I don't think the Chiefs and Patriots are worth putting money down at those odds. The team that I think, um, I, I well, first of all, let me give you my prediction. It's going to be Steelers, Steelers and Patriots <laughs> nice. in the AFC Championship, and I have the Steelers winning that game for one wow. in their history. <laughs> um, so that's eight to one odds, and that is one, two, three, four, the fifth best odds um, on the board for the AFC. But the second team I think is also worth taking a flyer on. I told you I'm really high on them this year is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are nice. twenty to one to win the AFC. I like those odds. Yeah, I mean, they. I I don't think you're wrong. Um, you know, you're really making me rethink my my division pick there. But you know, <laughs> just just what two years ago they yeah they if, if if the referees uh, called that game right and let Miles Jack uh, return that you know turnover to the to the yep. house oh yeah. They beat, they beat the Patriots, and I mean that's that was just a blown call, and um, you know, I, I, defense wins championships, so I think that defense is definitely good. Uh, they got to step up from Nick Foles, uh, from Blake Bortles, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. What'd you say the odds were? I would definitely take a flyer on that. Twenty to one to win the AFC. Twenty to one. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I like. I like that. So you have the Steelers over the Patriots. Yes, eight to one odds uh, for the Steelers to win the AFC. Right on. Um, so I want, let's move on now to the other half of the NFL and that's the NFC. Um, let's, let's start with the NFC North Barney, just because we, we touched on it last week, but we didn't get to the odds. So the odds to win the division bears, bears. yeah, (laughs) plus one sixty. the Vikings plus one seventy five. the Packers plus two twenty five. and then my Detroit lions. What great odds we're getting. And this is free money, baby. 13 to 1 odds. <laughs> hey, not bad. Not bad. Those are those are improving year over year. <laughs> oh boy. Um you have I, them be winning it, right? I I do, I, but I, that, I, that is I, my I, biased opinion. If I had to say um if I had to predict, pick a team that's not the Lions to win this division, I would pick the Vikings. Okay. Okay. I think I the Bears that. are going to take a big step down this year. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is enough to carry the team, and I think the defense is not going to be what it was last year. Oof. We're, 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 uh, we're seeing things differently, but that's okay. <laughs> they had 27 okay. interceptions last year. That's not going to happen again. That's no, just not going to no. happen. They, 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 you're absolutely right. They absolutely destroyed it. But I will say one thing. I don't know if I touched on it last week. Um, I like, Vic Fangio, you can't replace a guy like that. It's like Gary Bertier. Gary can't replace a talent like that. Uh, but <laughs> but when it comes Solid to effort. when it when it comes to Pagano, I mean their defense when he was at the Ravens completely. I mean to a point matched exactly what the Bears had. They had a really good safety. They had a really good linebacker. They had a good edge rusher, and they had a good uh, uh, defensive lineman. I mean those are our four best guys on our team too. You know so. I think he at least knows how to win with this sort of uh, makeup. And for that reason, and honestly, like, yeah, I'm being a little biased, but, <laughs> you know, when, when you're looking at a defense and you're just lowest-rated guys are, like, Prince Mukamara and Roquan Smith or, like, Bilal Paul, or Bilal Nichols, uh, you know, I think that's uh, it just says something to how deep that, that team is at every level. So um, I am being biased, but I I think we're we're going to take the division, uh, and we're not going to look back right after we smack the Packers around. How are you going to feel when Eddie Pinero misses a um, <laughs> a few game winning kicks and he's fired by week six? You know what? If he if he does if he does miss a few kicks, I will feel very happy if he's fired. The the, la- the lack of stones by our guys to to not try to hurt Parky's feelings was inevitably what what put us in the coffin. So uh, I hope that's not the same situation. I want to see more club dub. I think it's the hottest locker room in the in the in the country. So oh, Jesus, <laughs> um, are you are you? Unbiasedly, I, I think the Packers, everybody's talking up their defense. They did make some nice additions, Zaire Smith. Um, and it, it can only be better from what it was last year. But I, I'm not a big believer in the offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur. I, I think he has too much of this play action concept. And play action is actually a really positive, especially in analytical circles. 
Sure. But I think he relies a little bit too much on the run. And apparently Aaron Rodgers has all the freedom up there this year at the line of scrimmage, uh, which was a big, you know, uh, point of contention with Mike McCarthy in years past. But I, I, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is that good anymore as he once was. And people are still high in Aaron Rodgers. And I don't completely 100% get it based on what we've seen in the last two years. I, I think he's fragile. I think well, uh, he's definitely fragile. He's had a long history of injuries. Shout out to shout out to Shane McClellan. But um, no, I mean, huh. it's uh, for me. I, I don't really understand the. Uh, well, I guess I guess we'll we'll see about the Lafleur, right? Because yeah, he's he's kind of like a Kubiak where he, um, where he relies on a lot of play action. Yeah, but but I mean. I think I can count the amount of times Aaron Rodgers has taken a snap under center in his whole career on like one one hand. He he's a shotgun kind of quarterback, and I mean I, I really don't think uh, you know like those RPO type. I mean like I don't want to say RPO, but play action type from a shotgun is as uh, um, forthcoming than you know than the traditional. Uh, you know, I formation. Or, yeah, you know, and I know you you mentioned side. Gary Kubiak, and that's um, a guy I really think might be a difference maker for the Vikings because he has made it, he's won a Super Bowl with the kind of concepts that the Vikings are trying to uh, put into their offense sure. with, because they still have an elite defense over there in Minnesota. Um, their their problem last year was especially with the head coach Zimmer was that they weren't running the ball enough, apparently, and he wanted to establish a run and then work a lot of play action, which is Gary Kubiak's calling card. And if they can execute that, I still don't think their offensive line is great, but they have a zone blocking scheme, which kind of eliminates a little bit of the worries of an offensive line sometimes. Sure. That that That's why the Vikings scare me the most of any team in this division. I still think it's a Lions to lose, but <laughs> um, I'm, I'm clearly in the minority in that regard. Uh, I, among the nation, I like your take on that. I think uh, it's their their success. Will, I'm not a big Kirk guy. So I think he he does a good job managing the ball. He won't lose games, but he's just not going to be the guy that takes a step forward to win them. Um, I think that you know Anthony Barr taking less money from you know I think what did he do? He, didn't he wasn't he like about to sign with the Jets or he gave them their verbal and then yes kind of you know, just went back on it and took less money. You know, you got to love, got to love a guy who's going to take less money to stay with his, stay with his guys. Um, but what it comes down to for me is, is, uh, cook. If cook can stay healthy, uh, they'll be able to, you know, pound the rock to the point where they'll get the, the, uh, safeties to step up and that'll fall right into Kubiak's play. But, you know, if he goes down or if he gets banged up like he did all last year, I, I mean, Kubiak, I mean, you're not going to scare anybody with, with who they have, you know, behind him. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. So th- this is the most wide-open division. Uh, go If we look at the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles are minus 160, the Cowboys plus 160, the Redskins and Giants both 18-1. to uh, th- A lot of people really high in the Eagles this year. Can Carson uh, once stay healthy for all 16 games is another big question as his health is constantly uh, put into doubt. Sure. 
Uh, but, but this is definitely a division that seems to be between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I, I'm I'm leaning towards the Eagles. I th- I still think they have one of the deepest rosters in the NFL. Um, they're uh, they still have an elite defensive line, an elite offensive line. They have Deshaun Jackson back in the fold, Aguilar. Uh, they still have Zach Ertz. It, it's a it's a full roster that they've managed. Miles Sanders is getting a lot of hype this year out of the backfield as well for them. I minus one sixty are not great odds. Um, I wouldn't take that because it's you know the division's never certain, but uh, the Eagles are my pick to win this division. Yeah, uh, you know I'm I'm giving them the slight edge as well. I think this division uh, could easily be won by the Cowboys. Uh, I just have little faith in uh, in Dak Prescott and even less faith in uh, Jason Garrett. So. For that reason, I like, you know, Peterson. I like what he's done with the team. Um, and just like you said, I mean, they already have. So you want to talk about offensive lines and Dallas having a great one, you know, to be in the same argument, Philly has that same good, you know, line, if yep. not arguably better. So uh, when it comes to it, they're both going to be able to push the rock going. Uh, and it's just going to come back, come down to, you know, who, maybe who has the, the ball last um, and who doesn't, you know, or maybe, maybe yeah. some injuries, like you said, with, with Wentz. But I'm going to give the Eagles the slight edge just because I think Peterson knows what he's doing. So, Barney, let me ask you a quick question. Um, what, do you, what do you think you'll be doing at 31 years old? What are you going to be doing? Oh, boy. Um, that's a loaded question, dude. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably still be uh, in my living room, uh, stretching my ass, watching watching football instead of playing it. But what's what's up? No, uh, because Kellen Moore is going to be coaching the Cowboys at 31 years old. Is why I bring that up. <laughs> He's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys this year. Um, he he was a bat, he was a third stringer for the Lions for a long time, and then he got He's- cut, and he went to the Cowboys practice squad. He played a couple games for them late in the season. Um, never won. He d- he never had the greatest arm strength or anything, but the reason that NFL teams kept him around, and this is the only t- time the Lions had three quarterbacks on their roster, is because this guy is apparently is just like a genius in the in the film room. Like he he just notices things no one else notices. It has an amazing retention. Um, it's a it's I mean to get an offense coordinator job with the Cowboys at 31 years old is definitely unprecedented, and it's it'll be really fun to see what he can do with the Cowboys. Oh, I agree. Is, is he the is he the guy from Boise State? Yep, exactly. The uh, yep, the quarterback who did the uh, hook and ladder in the Statue of Liberty play. No, 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 no. That was that was oh. Zansky, wasn't it? No, you're right. You're right. But he was uh, from. Yes, you're right. My I think my apologies. No, he he's he does. Uh, he I think he holds like the some some crazy percentage, like kind of like a Colt Brennan Brennan guy. Uh, just a crazy, uh, you know, win loss or uh, completion percentage, or maybe just all of the quarterback stats for Boise State. But yeah, he was a monster over there. Yeah, exactly. And he was actually invited to New York uh, for the Heisman as well. He finished fourth his senior year. Jesus. Yeah. No, I like that. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't even know he was the uh, offensive coordinator. So. Yeah. Uh, 
a lot of Lions connections with the Cowboys in terms of uh, Scott Linehan. He was their offensive coordinator the last few years. Uh, he got fired. Rod Marinelli is still their defensive coordinator. He actually, Rod Marinelli is a really good defensive coordinator. Just um, the worst head coach of all time, possibly, besides maybe <laughs> maybe Hugh Jackson. Uh, that'd be yeah. the only guy that rivaled him. Uh, but, yeah, we, we can move on from the NFC East. I hate talking about the NFC East personally because the national media gives them more love than anybody really cares for agreed <laughs> oh god oh jesus i mean it's just when whenever you turn on espn it's it's jets it's cowboys it doesn't matter how bad they are they they can be like oh and 12 in the stories about them they can be you know 10 and 2 in the stories about them it, it really doesn't matter but i also feel that way about the bears a little bit so <laughs> Um, they oh they, they get a lot of national love too. Get used to it. Get used to it. We're here to stay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to the another. I I think this is an underrated division in terms of who can win it. Right now, the odds are the Saints minus one sixty in the NFC South, the Falcons plus three twenty five, the Panthers plus four twenty five, and the Buccaneers thirteen to one. I don't understand these odds, really. I, I think the Saints are not as good as they were last year. Do you think this is their division to lose? Yeah, I think it's their division to lose only because of the, the steps that the Falcons took backwards, um, you know, after Shanahan left. Um, but, you know, I, I just Drew Brees. I think Alvin Kamara's a stud. I think their defense is very good. Their offensive line is nice. I think they're a complete team. Um, and when you throw in things like, you know, Cam Newton being a little banged up and kind of the uncertainty of their offense, you know, like I've obviously had Christian McCaffrey, who's, who's very good, and DJ Moore did very good as a rookie, but people are throwing a lot of hype into Curtis Samuel and whatnot, and, you know, they have a lot of players that need to prove themselves uh, more than, I think, the Saints or the Falcons, but... Um, I do think, you know, those top three teams will be neck and neck, but at the end of the day, I'm going with, I'm going with the Boilermaker. You know, uh, I think Drew Brees is, he's, uh, he's somebody you can really count on. So I understand why everybody's high in the saints, but I feel like it's, I, I feel like there's really good value here with the Falcons or Panthers. The, the Panthers are the healthy Cam Newton still have a legit defense. Ron Rivera is still an excellent defensive coach. North turned into a lot of cool things with the Panthers last year. Um, Cam Newton definitely was a different player after his shoulder hurt. If Cam Newton's healthy, I really like the Panthers. Uh, but don't underestimate Matt Ryan and the Falcons. That offense is legit. It's their defense that is the, uh, the big concern. And the Falcons uh, drafted two offensive linemen. They went out and got another. They've, they've definitely invested a lot in that offense, and it's still a really, really exciting offense. Matt Ryan's still an excellent player. Yeah, so having said all that, my my pick for this division is going to be the Falcons to win this division. That's my pick. Nice. I, li- I like the parity here. Um, yeah, no, I, I think they have a solid team. They have, uh, you know, they've, they've been there. They've been there in the big moments. We're, we're not going to talk about the 27-3 uh, to 3 game, um, but, you know, it's just, <laughs> they, I, I mean, you look at their offense, you got Sanu, you know, and he's like the worst wide receiver, you know. That, that's That's a problem in itself. Uh, you got Calvin Ridley, you got Julio, uh, Devontae Feeney hopefully has a bounce back year. And like you said, that offensive line just got a little bit revamped. Um, so, 
with Medios on the center, that's definitely that's definitely a pick I can respect. Yeah, so I mean, exciting division. We can't sleep uh, on the Buccaneers. They have Bruce Arians this year. It's a big year for Jameis Winston in terms of his contract. They're loaded on offense. At least a receiver, uh, Chris Godwin, is a big the biggest sleeper pick uh, in fantasy this year in terms of wide receiver. Mike Evans, they still have. They they don't have much of a running game, if at all. Uh, they have a lot of talent on defense that's never lived up to the hype. But definitely not a team to sleep on. Definitely a team that can make uh, you know disrupt a little bit here. Yeah, they had uh, what Deshaun Jackson and Humphreys leave. So yeah, that that's so, true. That was an insane amount of um, of uh, targets that will be divvied up by I think OJ Howard and yeah, uh, he's back healthy and, and Godwin. So yeah, I think I think those two players will take a step up. But I'm gonna hit the snooze button on them. I don't think they I don't think they win more than five or six games to be honest. All right. So the last division in the NFC we need to go over is the NFC West. The Rams minus 190, the Seahawks plus 325, the 49ers plus 400, and the Cardinals 32 to 1 odds. Ooh, yikes. Uh, the, the Cardinals have Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, those are definitely the two biggest names. They have a ton of injuries on defense to start the year before they even get um, on the field for week one. But the all the whole story is about the Cardinals and they're going all in on this air raid offensive scheme, apparently. We'll see. We haven't seen it yet. Um, do you see it failing or succeeding? This year, they're going to fail. They're going to fail big time because... Yeah, their offensive line uh, sucks. Yeah, I mean, you can't, <laughs> it's bad. you can't... When you're talking about air raid, you're, you're, you're talking about a lot of balls that are in the deep ball territory and there's not a lot of five-step drops that they're going to have uh, outside the first look when, you know, the opponent opponent defenses are just, uh, you know, breathing down their neck. And, and not to mention, on the defensive side of the ball, you got Patrick Peterson, who's probably the best player. He's out for, you know, a violation. Um, so he's going to be missing quite a few games. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I just, I, I'm playing the Survivor League right this year, and, I th- I'm trying to use, I don't, I don't mean to diss you or anything, I guess, but I'm trying to use um, the bottom half of the league in the first couple games before I start taking some of the clear-cut winners. Uh, so I'm. So with that being said, I'm my week one matchup, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Detroit to go down to Arizona and get the W for me. So I'm either going to actually love you late next week or I'm going to, I'm gonna cancel the podcast altogether. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate your confidence that the Lions can beat the Cardinals. I don't, uh, I don't appreciate the sentiment that they're bottom half of the league necessarily. <laughs> um, so the Cardinals over under five and a half this season. I, I I'm gonna say under. I, I, yeah. I, I still, I think that offense is just gonna be so bad because they don't have an offensive line. They, yeah. I don't understand why they they drafted four wide receivers. <laughs> Why they didn't draft offensive line is beyond me. The GM's going to get fired uh, um, unless he gets a, another pass and can draft another quarterback, a first-round quarterback three years in a row. It, it's it's wild that he was he kept his job and he was able to draft another first-round quarterback, to be quite honest. Well, I mean, the uh, I mean that's, that's just a, a, a head office that's 
that's rivaling um, uh, Houston's lack of an off or a front office. I mean, they they hired Wilkes right for one year. Yep. And when the team, they knew the team was going to be awful, but they still fired him. So let me bring in you know Cliff, and hopefully he's a breath of fresh air for them. But it can't be worse. Did you watch a Cardinals game last year? Uh, that offense was like watching paint dry. It was the it was one of the worst offenses I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean that it was, was terrible. They, they, were, they were brutal, and they're going to be better with with Murray. But it can't be uh, worse. Five and a half games is a little too much. I'll, I'll hammer the under on that. Yeah, but how about the Seahawks making the trade for Jadavian Clowney? They have him coming off the edge. In addition to Ziggy Ansah on the edge. Now Ziggy Ansah is made of glass. And he he can only be used sparingly on the field. But when they get those two out there, if they can get those two out there at the same time with Bobby Wagner, uh, that's a pretty formidable up up front. And then the Seahawks just love to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. And Russell Wilson, you can never underestimate. Yeah. Um, You know, it'll be interesting. This is a contract year for Jadamian. So I think uh, I think he'll he'll show up. But I mean, this is a guy that's. For me, he's been incredibly overhyped. I mean, he had a good year last year, but has he ever had more than 10 sets? I don't think so. You know what I mean? And then we're talking about a guy who was supposed to be, like, you know, the next premier guy. Um, and when you're playing alongside J.J. Watt, you're not the guy who's getting the double team. So he's been, for me, pretty unimpressive. Uh, you know, I do have higher standards for him, so maybe that's a little bit, you know, added into that, but... Uh, I really, I think he's definitely going to improve that Seattle defense, uh, making this division at least um, more of a race uh, between the top two. But um, I'm going to take the Rams and the coaching because at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, I love the, I like the Rams for this division too. I think the 49ers are still a mess. Jimmy G is apparently not living up to the hype in the preseason. Uh, he's looked no. pretty bad since his injury. Even before his injury, he looked questionable last year. Um, but, but to get to your point, uh, Jadavion Clowney, uh, nine and a half sacks two years ago and nine sacks last year. So I mean, he's been at least remarkably consistent, and he is always graded very highly against the run. So he's definitely, uh, he's still definitely a very valuable player. Like you said, maybe not as much in the pass game as some teams would hope. Sure. But he's still a very formidable player. Oh yeah, and and to pair that up with uh, Bobby Wagner, who's in my eyes, oh yeah, uh, the the best run stuffer in in the league. Oh, he's uh, you know, they're, they're going to be good. And, and and Russell Wilson, he's he's a guy who who wins. So um, they're gonna they're gonna grind out some games. They're gonna be ugly, I think. But uh, at the end of the day, I expect Tyler Lockett to step up. He really impressed me. Was at Kansas State. Uh, a fun fact gonna... about Tyler Lockett, he has yet to drop a pass in the NFL. Wow, are you serious? I'm dead That's serious. Awesome. I'm dead serious. Any target that missed, uh, you know, was just a bad throw. He has yet to drop a pass. That, you know, like, that surprises me, but I just remember him playing in the silver and purple, and I was just like, this guy's going to be somebody. I really wanted the Bears to get him. Obviously, that didn't happen, but uh, with Doug Baldwin, um, you know, retired, it's to be interesting if uh, you know he's going to take the reins, and I don't. I'm not a big believer in DK Metcalf. I think he's a uh, he was the underwear champion, 
uh, at the uh, at the combine, <laughs> combine, no doubt. But yeah. um, but when it comes down to being an NFL receiver, I don't know. I don't really know what you know if he has it. But uh, yeah. at the end of the day, I think I think uh, Tyler Lockett is the type of receiver that um, you know Wilson. Wilson will find. Oh, absolutely. Don't don't underestimate. Don't underestimate, though, the fact that Doug Baldwin is no longer with this team because he was a huge factor for them last year in the receiving game. And it'll be really interesting to see if Lockett can step up and fill some of that role that he left behind because I don't I'm not I'm not high in DK Metcalf either. But if you like the value of the Rams, maybe not necessarily for the division. But their over under is ten and a half. If they win a division, they're I think they're getting eleven wins. And right now, over ten and a half is plus one hundred five. So you're getting even a slightly better than even odds. Uh, I'll I would I'll, I'm going to take that for sure. Yeah, no, I like that too. I uh, I really don't understand the hype it's with the with the San Francisco Forty ers Um, I think you know with with the Cardinals, that's two wins. I think. Uh, you know, obviously before Jimmy G got injured, you know, in that back half of that season, 2017, you know, I get it. He went like 6-0 and or whatever he did, but he's got a torn ACL. Ruben Foster's not on the team. Uh, Solomon Thomas was a bust by all, by all means. Uh, so take that John Lynch, you know, for swindling the Bears. That's what you get. Uh, but... I think they're they're you know there's four wins right there alone for for the Rams and uh, you know I didn't really think they had too hard of a schedule I gotta take a look at that but um, I could definitely see them getting the over on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we've discussed each division now in the NFC, and now I want to get your prediction for the NFC North. Or not the NFC, NFC North, I'm sorry. The NFC as a whole. NFC Championship. Yep, the NFC Championship, and who's going to the Super Bowl? I think the NFC Championship is between the Saints and the Bears. And I have a feeling you know exactly who I think is going to win that. <laughs> so it, it, if we take the bias out and say, we like as a rule for this, you don't pick the Bears. Uh, do you think the Saints are going to be the next best team? Uh, you know, I just, I, I just like them in a, in a, in a one v one. You know, that, that that's all. I, I don't necessarily think they're, you know, the top team or whatnot. But uh, Drew Brees, he, I think they just check a lot of the boxes that that a that a playoff team is looking for. You know, they got a good coach, they got a good quarterback. Their offensive line is nice. Their running back's young. He's agile. You know, uh, their defense. I love Lattimore. Um, I, I'd like to see Davenport take the next step. Um, the guy that they gave up, uh, two first round picks for last mm-hmm. year. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think they're a very solid team. And when you, when you talk about having a really good quarterback and a really good coach, sometimes that's just all you need. So. All right. All right. Um, so the odds for the NFC to win the NFC saints, 425 Eagles plus 450 Rams plus 550 Bears 7 to 1 Cowboys 8 to 1 Packers 9 to 1 Vikings 10 to 1 uh Seahawks 12 to 1 So I already told you my thoughts about the Falcons 
And at 20 to 1, that is my like favorite dark horse pick. Of course, I'm going to be throwing money on the Lions as well. They're 50 to 1. Uh, the Cardinals are lowest at 120 to 1, and the Redskins next at 110 to 1. Um, but as far as a dark horse pick uh, at good value, I really like the Falcons at 20 to 1. Those are the best like high odds. And then best mid-tier odds. I think the Rams uh, at plus 550 are really good to take. Now, that's not saying that's what I think is going to happen, but those are the sure. best odds I like. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think those are very solid teams with, uh, so, with the chance to make the most money. Yeah, I, I think the Lions are going to go to the Super Bowl. That's my biased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I had to take them out of the equation, um, if I had to pick an NFC championship that does not include the Lions, and it, it pains me to do this exercise, but I will do it for the sake of the podcast and the listeners. Um, my NFC championship is going to be the Eagles and the Rams. And I have the Rams going to back to the Super Bowl again. I just think they, I, I really like the way the roster is still constructed. And I think Todd Gurley is going to be a lot more healthy for this playoff stretch than he was last year. And I really yeah, like the so addition of Daryl Henderson on their team as well. I think he's a really good, really good running back. Let's chat about that. So what, uh, in terms of, uh, Curly, do you have any concerns about his software? I mean, I definitely have concerns. Um, All counters that he looks really healthy, he's ready to go. I mean, that's what you hear about a lot of uh, players uh, going into the regular season and then things happen. I really think they're going to limit his carries this year, unlike they did last year. I really don't think uh, they thought it was going to be as effective as it ended up being. And it's still amazing that they gave him the contract that they did. They had to know something about this. All... All I've read is that they were aware about his arthritis going forward and they still gave him the money. So a little questionable there. But I I really like the fact that they can limit his carries because they have really good backup running backs in Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. I think that's possibly the best two backup running backs in the league. Yeah, I I actually took uh, Henderson uh, as a handcuff. Yeah, it's great. It's a great handcuff. In like the eleventh round, so um, I'm, you know, I'm all for Gurley uh, deciding to care about his body uh, because that's what you want, you know. I'm not just talking from a very uh, selfish fantasy owner, you know. I just I want him to be be healthy. I want him to be able to walk when he's fifty. So you know, if he hangs the boots up this year, um, you know, I'd be fine with that. So your Super Bowl prediction, <laughs> your Super Bowl prediction. Um, if we take our teams out of it, the Bears and Lions, your 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 Super Bowl prediction is Chiefs versus Saints, correct? Yes. Who yes. would you have winning in that matchup? Oh, um, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, I'd probably go. You know what? Give me the Boilermaker. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Saints. All right, but do you you do have the Bears winning it, correct? That's your prediction. Um, yes, that yeah. bias bias or not. So the Saints are ten to one to win it all. The Bears thirteen to one. So my my pick. Uh, so I have an uh, I have the Steelers against the Rams. So the Rams right now are fourteen to one to win the Super Bowl, and the Steelers at seventeen to one. In this game, I think the Rams are going to have redemption and win the game this year. I, I have the Rams winning the Super Bowl at 14-1. to Now, if you want free money, take the Lions at 120-1 to 
to win the Super Bowl. I, you can guarantee I'm putting money on them to win the Super Bowl. People are just yeah. underestimating. It's blowing my mind. I don't get it. Because uh, I predicted on my what? other podcast they go 11-5. and five, So If... If they win it, we're going to Sizzler. All right? I mean, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a bag secured. I'm gonna quit my job. <laughs> I like it. That's fine. That's fine by me, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is Mitch Trubisky? You think he's gonna lead him to the promised land, huh? Well, no. I mean, you gotta understand from my perspective. Uh, you know, we we had Caleb Haney. We had uh, you know, Kyle Orton, we had those kind of guys bring us and Rex Grossman bring us to the NFC championship to the Super Bowl. Um, I think Trubisky, like we, I don't, we don't necessarily need the best guy out there with the defense yeah. that we have, uh, more so I'm just betting on our defense, but, but yeah, I think he, I think, you know, personally, I would really love for Trubisky to not have, a phenomenal year, you know, uh, because I just see all these contracts getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I do, I, I do believe he'll be a good facilitator, um, and I think his scrambling ability and keeping plays alive is a little uh, underrated. However, I, I realize he has a lot of faults, uh, you know, with with his game where it's at right now. But uh, you know, if he can give me a top fifteen quarterback performance this year I think that's I think that's good enough for the Bears as long as they stay healthy you know to to really you know win a lot of games because I truly think that yep. defense is special so we, we've gone over our predictions uh please listeners take it and run with it uh we're trying to make you a lot of money here all right <laughs> <laughs> but now I want to bring in uh my my producer uh Kid Jay uh, Kid J, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing much, Zach. Just super pumped for uh, on, on uh, NFL Eve here. So it's like Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Kid J, me and Barney just went over the entire uh, NFL and our, gave our predictions. But now I wanted to bring you in because I know you got some opinions on some of the special bets as well. And Barney, definitely give your thoughts here. But, uh Kid J, I just wanted to go over a few of the uh, props. And one of them, and uh, the most popular one, is MVP. I wanted to see who you like at MVP. Because right now, Patrick Mahomes is a clear-cut favorite at 4-1, to one, then Drew Brees 8-1. to one. Uh, it's, it's all quarterbacks. Is there a quarterback out there that we're not thinking about that could win MVP? Because the guy I really like is Deshaun Watson at 20-1. to one. And Matt Ryan... 26 to 1. That I think that's the sweet spot right there in my opinion. Oh yeah, Matt Ryan is definitely a definitely a good choice and I think Patrick Mahomes could totally uh totally repeat as champion, totally repeat as MVP for the first time since uh since I believe Peyton Manning is back-to-back MVP. So, you can't go wrong there and uh, I think that uh, any 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 sort of quarterback, I think like if Carson Wentz stay healthy, if he somehow plays like um 14, if he somehow plays like 14 games this year, I think he can totally be a, be a contender for MVP, especially if the Eagles make the, make a top two seed. Yeah. So, How about you, Barney? Who do you like for MVP? 
Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I like uh, what you're saying about Deshaun Watson. I just I don't think they have the overall team to allow him to be the uh, the MVP just from a win loss standpoint. Um, you know, that offensive line scares me a little bit, even with the addition to Larry, uh, Laramie Tunsil. But uh, you know, Matty Ice, if you're talking about the bang for the buck, uh, we've seen him perform uh, and and really. Uh, with, with the weapons that he has, I like that. Um, you know, but to be honest, <laughs> if it's if it's not Mahomes, just because I, I think uh, Andy Reid's in paradise right now with, with his scheme and the guys that he has, uh, I, I think it'd, it'd be a crime if he's not, if he doesn't go out there and repeat it. Yeah, I just want to know, Matt Ryan, last year, 35 touchdowns, 7 picks, 4,900 yards. Not a bad year, and I think it went under the radar. Very much, very much so. And if they can improve that defense, watch out. Um, just your your boy, uh, uh, Barney, Mitchell Trubisky, 50 to 1 odds. Just want to throw that out there for you. And then yeah. Matt Stafford is at 70 to 1. <laughs> for... for- for my reasons before, I don't want him to do good, so I won't encourage him because I know the second I place my bet, he's gonna be the MVP. So for that <laughs> reason, I'll I'll give the NFL the yeah. break and uh, and allow him to just be a mediocre quarterback. And Kid J, your boy Jared Goff, twenty-seven to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> rookie section though, so he's got MVP money now. Yes, yes. So hey, but, but 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 real quick, I mean, we're forgetting. Uh, you know, is Flacco elite? Because I'm pretty sure in Denver, no. you got an elite. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got an elite guy right there with a great defense. I mean, you, that's somebody. What's his odds? A hundred to one? Or? Uh, he is not on the list that I have up. And it, it, See, now, it, now, <laughs> that, now that's a that's a tall tale sign. Vegas does not want you to guess the winner. So. <laughs> um, Nick Foles has better odds. That's all I can tell you. And Lamar Jackson. So, even Odell Beckham has higher odds. Uh, so take take that for what you will. But uh, uh, let's move on to offensive rookie of the year, Kyler Murray, heavy heavy favorite at plus one fifty. Uh, Dwayne Haskins seven to one. Josh Jacobs six to one. And then it gets um, a little nutty from there. T.J. Hawkinson sixteen to one. Marquise Brown eleven to one. I, I don't see Kyler Murray losing this award unless he breaks his leg week one. I don't, I don't know, Zach. I think uh, I, th- I think David Montgomery is a sneaky dark horse. My man. And, oh, uh, boy. And, uh, You're just playing at, a Barney. Come on now. And what I have it at, uh, at, at 10 to 1, I know we're probably looking at uh, some different sites, but definitely at 10 to 1, I'd, I'd take well, that bet for sure. I like that. I like that, KJ. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't really think this is a this is a race that that that's Tyler Murray's to lose because I really don't see them winning more than four games, and uh, you know because of how bad that offensive line is, I don't think it'll help his stats. You know, I'm not saying he isn't the best. I I, I think he's definitely the best offensive rookie out there, but just given his circumstance, sometimes that's all you need to, to win it and. I mean, it's it's preposterous to me that Josh Jacobs is given the best running back odds when he's in Oakland, and you got mm-hmm. you know 
somebody that I, I, I truly I, think. I think they're going by volume, though, although Montgomery's expected to get a lot of volume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but by, Jacobs by is the clear-cut number one guy on the Raiders there. Yeah. And and, and a first-round pick. Right. And and with – you don't really know what kind of quarterback Derek Carr is going to be this year. Uh, A.B., I don't know if he's going to be a cancer or if he's going to be a stud. But, you know, if, if both those guys do have good years, then I can totally see – uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, maybe running away with it, no pun intended. But uh, for me, I think the safest bet, just because I think, again, Kyler Murray's going to have a bad stat line, uh, I think the, the best bet might be David Montgomery. So That's not a bad one. I just want to throw out one more name for you as well. Miles Sanders at 20-1 to 1, uh, with the Eagles. Uh, you, and I'll say this. Miles Sanders, for me, uh Maybe he even has the better edge than um, Montgomery uh, because, by all accounts, he's been touted as the best running back in that system. Yeah. I, I do think because they traded for Jordan Howard that they will use him a little bit more than, you know, we would use Mike Davis. Uh, but, you know, again, if they're, if they're cooking with gas and he's got a nice stat line because he has that good of an offensive line, Miles Sanders can definitely be the guy. Yep, absolutely. So let's move quickly on to the defensive rookie of the year. Um, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Quinnen Williams, Clay and Farrell, Devin White. Um, these are some of your contenders. The the heavy the favorite right now is Devin Bush, followed by Nick Bosa and so Devin Bush five to one, Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams seven to one, Josh Allen nine to one. Um, and then it's uh, oh Devin White is six to one as well. So there's a, I mean, it's a wide open field. Ed Oliver, eight to one. My my uh, my favorite for this is Quinn and Williams personally. I, I I think that guy's gonna be a beast for the Jets. Yeah, he's he's scary. He's a he's a phenomenal player. He knows how to hold his mouth. You know, from those interviews that Saban, you know, when he was when he was uh, yeah, right, the right, national right. championship. So I do like Quinn Williams to, to have a little bit of diversity though. I'll I'll switch it up and. I'm going to go with Josh Allen only because, again, situational. A lot of the guys would be worried about Nagaku and uh, Clias Campbell and stuff like that. Uh, and I think, um, you know, hopefully, uh, for my pick's sake, Josh Allen does a little bit of contributing just because he's going to face less double teams than, than yeah. maybe, you know, Quinn and Williams might. For sure. How about you, KJ? Who's your pick? I I like Devin Bush, but I think like I think he yeah he's gonna rack up all the tackles and he's gonna have a big he's gonna have a, a big stat line that'll entice the voters. But I think Ed Oliver could be a sneaky pick at a what, what I'm looking at twenty to one with uh if the wow we have way different odds. I have my I'm on mybookie.com. I think you're on Bovada, correct? Yes, I'm on Bovada. Bovada. Wow, those are and, those are uh, wildly different. Yeah, I think Ed Oliver. If the defense, if the Buffalo defense plays kind of how it was last year, and uh, and Al- and Oliver becomes sort of like I don't know Aaron Donald light ish, I think he could. I think he could de- could definitely get in the conversation. Well, of, uh, if you can get him at twenty to one, take it, listeners. <laughs> I love that. I love that pick. So there's one more category I wanted to get to before we um, get to our last two um, that are more specific, and that's a coach of the year. This one is really wide open, but if the Browns make the playoffs, I like Freddie Kitchens at eleven to one. I I, I don't. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is ten to one. 
Frank Reich, 14 to 1. Big Vey, 12 to 1. I mean, those guys have already mm-hmm. been there. Matt Nagy won it last year, correct? Yes. He's 20 to 1 this year. These guys don't really repeat necessarily. And there's always that story, you know, the Browns haven't made the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's all about the narrative with this award. And that's why I like Freddie Kitchens at 11 to 1. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I think given the circumstance, absolutely. Freddie Kitchens, um, you know, I, I wish uh, Wiley was still with them because I would, yeah, right. you know, I, I would jump Kitchens uh, for him for the fan vote. Yeah. Uh, the defensive line, it was his defense offense. What's with all this there? stretching? We didn't, we didn't stretch when we stormed the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> he, he got, he's a football guy and you got to respect that. Oh, yeah, that. football guy through and through. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that really, really quickly. So there's two more things I want to get to and kid J, this is why I brought you on. I want to get your three favorite player props going into the season. Recommend to the listeners. What are they, what should they be putting their money on? Okay. Individual player. Um, I have a, I don't know if you touched on comeback player of the year, but I really, really like, um, I really like Cooper Cup for comeback player of the year. He's uh, according to my odds right now in Nevada. He's sixteen to one, Ooh, and he's that's good. He's come, he's come back from his ACL surgery, and uh, he looks apparently in camp. He's like he's testing faster. He's like better in like pretty much every single like physical like uh, like t- charting stat that you can do in camp. And I think he's gonna really come on strong. And I think if he has like pretty close to like a like a ninety catch like 11, 10, 10, 1,100 yard season with like, with like eight TDs. I think he can definitely jump over all these other guys that, uh, that are ahead of him, like Jimmy Garoppolo or Le- Le'Veon Bell or yeah, uh, yeah. Devontae Freeman, or I don't know if Darius Geist is going to play, if he's going to get enough snaps to be comeback player of the year worthy. But, uh, I, I would also, I would also, uh, look at Earl Thomas too at 16 and one on the, according to Bavada. I like that one. Well. That would be my Come, pick between those two. Earl especially Thomas would the, be my pick. Especially if Earl Thomas has like eight interceptions and uh, the Ravens have like Ravens have like a ten win season and they win the division. That'd be a ridiculous amount of interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, what what are the what are your remaining two? I really like um Dolphins. Uh Dolphins uh worst record was uh when I wrote this down this morning, it was at uh it was that they were the favorites at plus 300, three to one, and now they're at two to one. They got a bet down all the way to two to one. Oh my god! <laughs> so I would, I would late money. The, yeah, I would have liked uh, the Dolphins a little bit more, but I kind of like the under, the dark horses like uh, the Giants, especially if they get very stubborn with Eli, and they keep him for like ten games. Well, what about the Bengals? The Bengals are all, are six to one right now, mm. and I kind of like them too, if they especially if they fall apart and. Andy Dalton maybe gets hurt, and they only Joe Mixon is like the only offensive playmaker standing. Because I don't know how their defense should be like bear, should be uh, respectable, but I don't know if it's gonna like win them any games. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. That that I mean, it, it's gonna be hard to find someone worse than the Dolphins, unless the Cardinals' offense um just completely is inept again because they don't have an offensive line. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I think the Bengals might give them a shot. Not that they're the worst, but their division being six games, I don't think they're going to touch a game out of that one. Whereas the Finns, I don't think they're good by any stretch of the word. But, uh, uh, you know, they might squeak out a win versus 
versus the Bills or whatnot. But yeah, I, I think the Finns are. Could, could we have two zero and sixteen teams? Is that possible? Ah, I don't. I I don't see that happening. But no, <laughs> the Dolphins definitely could contend for it. Dude, yeah. I mean, they're they're purposely Tua, trying to tank, so. When you got Tua being the being the guy, I mean, someone's got to think. I mean, is Tua the guy? But I don't want to get into that right now. I don't get to get that right now. Sure. Um. So, uh, Kid J, give us your last uh, prop that you want to talk about. One prop that I really like is um is Leonard Fournette over 999 rushing yards. He's a uh, plus 105 for the over. And all the things I've been reading in training camp and seeing, and he's like, he's all, he's back from his injury. He's super motivated, dedicated himself to the team. Apparently, Tom Coughlin's message has broken through to him now, oh. and he's all committed to the the running game and should be like reeling off the kind of stats that he had in college. So that so over a thousand yards, I think it's reasonable, especially if Nick Foles maybe gets hurt and the backup quarterback situation isn't great, and they have to rely on. Leonard Fournette for uh, for three or four weeks. Where I, can rack up I feel like we always yards. hear this, um, especially with draft picks that are not fulfilling what they are supposed to. And we kind of touched about on the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier in this podcast. But so so Leonard Fournette, his rookie year, thirteen games, ran for over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns, averaged three point nine yards a carry. Last year, played in only in eight games. Uh, averaged 3.3 yards a carry for 400 yards on the season. Yikes. Uh, he's going to have to really step it up. I personally don't like that one. It, it's really risky. I think they're going to throw the ball a little more this year, too, with Nick Foles as well. Um, but I, I, I do think Leonard Fournette will average over four yards a carry, but I just don't like the 1,000 yards. Mm. But thank you, Kid J, for those uh, notes. Mm. Yeah, Zach, I, Zach, I have one bonus one. Oh, a bonus one. All right. I like, uh, so according to Pavada, the most losses for a team in the 2019 regular season is over under 13 and a half. And I like the under. I like, I think, I think the Dolphins are going to go three and 13. And that would be the worst record in the NFL. They're three and 13, yes. you're saying, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And what are the odds on that? What is the under? There either either side is uh is minus one fifteen, so you'd have to bet eleven dollars okay. and fifty cents to make ten dollars uh, <laughs> to make ten dollars. So yeah, so I I like I like the I like the under there, and I think the Dolphins are gonna be good enough to get the three wins because I don't think anybody I think the Bengals are just talented enough to get to like four or five wins, and I don't think anybody else is gonna get really close unless yeah. they have some like devastating injuries. All right. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd be wild. You're uh, rooting for every bad team to win at the end of the season. That'd be a really interesting feeling. Uh, so we want to wrap up this pod, but before we do, starting now and every week of the regular season, Barney is going to give us his three favorite lines for the week, three, three favorite spreads to bet, um, as, especially as gambling gets bigger here in the United States of America. And Barney, I, I'm. I think the listeners are going to really rely upon you for some great sage advice. They're looking to make a lot of money. Hey, we got things in common here. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> um, so, all right, I'm going to give it to you. This is this is your time, man. Time to shine, baby. 
not to be outdone, I'm gonna also give a bonus. I'm gonna give a fourth one for all those for all those people that are really right. into making I, money. I mean, this is the mega season preview, so I mean, we're going all out. We're giving bonus picks. It's great. I love it. Uh, so I'm using right now DraftKings, uh, just the odds that they have. Um, the first game, uh, Baltimore Ravens over Miami minus seven. Uh, I'm, and by the way, I'm taking all road dogs this this uh, these four games here. So Baltimore Ravens minus seven, pick them up. The next game I like. Uh, let's see here. I like Kansas City at Jacksonville minus three and a half. See, I I do not like that one. I like Jacksonville, I, but I've been high in Jacksonville this whole podcast. So. Absolutely, and and that's totally fine, and I uh, I respect that. But uh, but I'm I think that that offense is going to keep keep pushing here. Hopefully, uh, yep. let's see. And the third game would be I'm going to go with Detroit two and a half over Arizona. That a boy. You know and I like then, that one. I'm on board with that one. And <laughs> then last. Lastly, I'm gonna choose. See, I might, I might give you guys five games here. <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys five. Uh, there's two pickums that I like. I'm gonna take Denver over Oakland on Monday night, and then I'm gonna take San Fran over Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay. But I will wow, say, you, you're really high in these road uh, favorites. I will say I'm not a huge three time zone player, so if you're not gonna take one of my games, don't take San Fran Tampa Bay. Because it's supposed to be wet, it's supposed to be rainy from all that hurricane crap. So if you're not going to take one of those, don't take San Fran. But Denver, Baltimore, da- or Denver, Baltimore, Detroit, and KC. Yeah. Put that money down and win with me. See, yeah, it, I mean, I'm just going to give my three without you know explaining why. But I actually like the Bears at home tomorrow night. I think they're not getting enough respect. I think people are too high in the Packers. Um, that's minus three, I believe, right now. The line is could move to three and a half, depending on how the money shifts. I do like the Lions on the road in Arizona. There's a lot of tickets on the Lions this week. And I, I'm going to go against you, I think, on that Jacksonville one. I think Jacksonville covers at home. I think there's too much love for the Kansas City Chiefs. And these early home games uh, pan out well, usually, for the home team. Nice. But, so we'll, we'll, we'll have a six-pack on the line then. Ooh, I like it. I like it. A six-pack of what? It don't matter. Whatever you want. Uh, give, me, give me some 312. That's the first thing that popped in my head right now. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but uh, that, that, that won't happen. All right. All right. So I want to thank Barney for coming on again this week. This is definitely one of our longer podcasts. It is the, it is the mega preview um, for the season. They definitely will not be this long going forward. Uh, but we wanted to give you all our opinions out there as we get ready for this exciting NFL season. And we're, we're going to come at you every week um, with our reactions to the, the games and then, you know, our thoughts going forward. And thanks to Kid J for coming on, giving us a couple of your picks, and, of course, for producing the podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast um, on Instagram at Big Z Podcast, on Twitter at Big Z Podcast. Or email me at big uh, bigzpodcast at gmail.com. A lot of ways to communicate. 
Um, we, we're trying to make this community thing. Please give us questions. If you want to come on the podcast, maybe we can make that happen. Who knows? But definitely contact us. Definitely follow. A lot of exciting stuff. Barney, thanks, man. And uh, just uh, enjoy yourself tomorrow. I can't say good luck to the Bears. I just can't do it. Well, it's yeah. all right. I know you want to. I know you want to. Bear down, everybody. Have a good one. All right.